1: Hello everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host Juliette Lamar, and we have with us on the line today Brad Zastro. He is the global head of business development at Dash. Welcome, Brad.
0: Uh, thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be here.
1: So excited to have you on. Um, why don't you go ahead and just start us off with giving us some background about Dash and what it does?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, Dash is uh, is a cryptocurrency. Uh, We are an alternative uh, form of payment. Um, We focus really on on one use case, uh, which is we we view the world today as, uh, or the world of payments specifically today, as being too hard. Uh, They take too long and cost too much. Um, And where uh, Dash provides a solution is uh, what we focus on, which is being uh, transacting at extraordinarily uh, extraordinarily quick uh, with very cheap fees. Uh, So we transact... Uh, at about near Visa-like transaction speeds, uh, about one second. Uh, and right now, to transact uh, via <clears throat> what we call the instant send feature, which is, is that speed, uh, is about two and a half to three U.S. cents, uh, regardless of the balance, so uh, very inexpensive to use.
1: And I love that your mission is just to make things easier, um, which I think a lot of people don't associate with uh, cryptocurrencies. At least people who are not in that space, entirely. They associate it with a lot of a lot of issues and things. Um why don't you expand a little bit about, you know, why this is, is one of the easier currencies to use and how you're really changing the way people are looking at crypto.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting uh space. I mean it, you know we're still early days, I think, um, you know, as we kind of work through uh you know just different ways to implement and, and utilize cryptocurrency. Uh, what we've found is that if we kind of look, I guess, if we look at the payment space and different payment types today, we can kind of see where there's certain uh, pain points. And some of these pain points, I guess, Dash is not, uh, in our view, a, a good solution. Um, paper checks uh, would, would be a good example of that. Uh, but in other cases, you know, I think, you know, to your point around making things easier, um, the use case is... is, is almost textbook uh, in some ways. The perfect example is with the, the legal U.S. cannabis industry. Um, right now, that is an industry that is almost 100% reliant on cash. Um, variety of reasons as to why, but by and large, it's because of a lot of banking restrictions um, relating to the regulatory challenges um, uh, around cannabis. The point is, is that the cost of using cash for these uh, for the cannabis industry uh, can be as high as 20%, uh, which is a bit, uh, I think, sometimes crazy on the surface. But when you think about the cost of the insurance, the protecting it, the fraud, the, the loss, all of those components mixed in, as well as the fact that um, even if a bank does accept cash deposits uh, from some of these industries... Um, I'm sorry, from some of these companies, um, they put a hold on on actual cash fiat deposits for about a month uh, to do their validation of checks, et cetera. Where am I getting to is, I guess, is even fiat uh, is actually not a great payment or rather great form of payment when looked at 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 a large scale. Uh, And and again, that cannabis industry is an example. So where Dash can, can provide that solution is you know, of course, being able to transact uh, extraordinarily quick uh, creates a solution both at the point of sale uh, on, a you know, B2C, business to consumer side of things, as well as, you know, on that business to business relationship, you know, where, uh, you know, the front end store dispensary is buying product uh, from a grower, uh, so on and so forth, and, and being able to engage with that supply chain these companies no longer need to hire an armored truck to send half a million dollars in cash to pay their grower. They can transact again in a in a completely uh tax audible way uh with Dash uh and with one of the partners uh that, that we're working with right now who's leading the space in that uh payment uh, for the cannabis industry, which is all
1: thirty six. I that's just insane. and he's I still hung up on the fact that they hold your cash for a month. I mean that is it's yeah. unsustainable. It's unusable. I mean,
0: fiat is not liquid, right? Like, I mean, if, yeah. when you put it that way, it, it, it is crazy to think about. But it's, um, uh, but it's, yeah, it, it's very unfortunate. And, and to be fair, I mean, these deposits are not, you know, hundred dollars sheet three. I mean, they're significant cash deposits. But you're right; one twelfth of a business's annual operating cash flow is locked up. Um, that's that's a significant impact uh, to any business.
1: Absolutely. Um, so getting back to Dash and just the ease of use that that is created by using Dash uh tell us a little bit about the light wallet oh
0: the the the, the light <laughs> wallet um well we we uh, we we've got um a mobile phone wallet uh that that we use available on the the Apple store as well as uh, Google play Store. Um, we're also integrated uh, with uh, multiple other wallet providers out there as well.
1: Um, go but, ahead and give us a little more insight into uh, the Dash wallet and the different aspects of the wallet that you provide and what other wallets Dash might work with.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Dash, um, you know, as a cryptocurrency, uh, you know, users do need a wallet uh, to, to hold their funds. Um, and Dash, uh, probably the easiest way is uh, through the Dash wallet itself uh which can is available at the, the Apple or uh, Google Play Store. Um and it's a wallet that you can download on your phone. Um and uh you know obviously very easy to to keep and transact uh with your Dash as well. Uh a lot of uh cryptocurrencies transacted via QR scanning and so that functionality is built into our wallet uh, as well. Um, we also do uh are integrated in a, a host of other kind of third party uh wallet providers too. Uh, best way uh, to really kind of get, I guess, stay updated on that is just to head to dash uh, uh, dot org, uh, and you can find a link of uh, a lot of our wallet partners. Um, but we are integrated with a lot of the leading ones out there um, as well.
1: So let's go into a little bit about about yourself. Um, how did you get bit by the crypto, the crypto bug? And you know, what are you really loving about this space?
0: Yeah, I <clears throat> my my background actually. Um, is with American Express. Uh, so it's within uh, the payment industry for about uh, a little over 17, almost 17 and a half years. Um, I started with them in the US. I've been based uh, uh, out of Sydney, Australia uh, for the last 14 years. Um, and it was, you know, early on when I heard about Bitcoin, but probably didn't pay it too much attention. And like a lot of people, I think Bitcoin is really my uh, introduction, uh, into kind of, you know, the broader blockchain, uh, technology conversation. Um, but that was kind of in those early days, didn't pay it too much attention. Um, but it was really probably, uh, last year where I really, I guess, peeled back that onion and, and really started to understand the technology a little bit more. Um, and it was just very exciting, um, you know, at its highest, most simplistic level, you know, I was seeing a, a, a mechanism for really eliminating any sort of trusted third party. Um, and then, of course, if one gets into even more detail, um, like specifically Dash, uh, even more just really fascinating use cases around how it solves, again, you know, payment pain points uh, with Dash or, you know, certain other pain points in certain other areas uh, for some of these other coins that are out there. Um and that's when, you know, it was really a situation where I, I wanted to kind of do more. Uh, I saw a lot of the excitement in the, uh, you know, kind of crypto industry, crypto space uh, that was similar to the kind of dot-com boom, uh, you know, that kind of happened in that, uh, you know, mid to late 90s. Um, really wanting to be a part of that, to to feel, you know, that I could, you know, help own, help drive, uh, you know, direction, um, you know, with adoption of, of cryptocurrency. Um, you know, and I think the way Dash is structured, with you know its its governance system as well, uh, the product that it has, um, specifically as a, as a project that I wanted to work for, um, you know, Dash was was exactly what I was what I was uh, wanting to, to to move into. Um, so it was just a real perfect fit on, on kind of my interests and kind of my timing career wise. I joke, you know, Am- you know Amex like any big corporation, uh, it's a cruise ship. You know, it's you're not gonna move very fast. You're gonna be a crew of one of uh, many, you won't own anything completely, you'll play an important role to help the entire cruise ship go forward. Um, but you also will never be able to pivot very quickly. Um and though you'll weather storms uh with more stability, um, it's gonna be a little bit more boring of a ride. You know, where it was dashing, where it was a startup is more of a speedboat. Uh, the ride is a lot more fantastic. You can pivot, you can change um, direction uh, much easier. Uh, you know, And again, while it might be some bumps in the road, uh, it, it is a, a lot more exciting.
1: Definitely. And I'm, I'm curious about the, the government's governance system. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight into, into how that's all working?
0: Yeah, this is, I think, an area that's maybe where uh, it's not as well-known uh, I think in my view um, but I think it's it's very important and um, actually really sets dash apart um, and the way the governance system works is, is effectively with a system of uh, I guess you can really think of them as shareholders um, so to take a step back um, cryptocurrencies if you speak generically um, have a, a, a layer a, a layer of computer network layer uh, that they call miners, And they're the ones maintaining the network and, you know, providing services uh, for the network. Um, Dash has that like any crypto, uh, but then we have another layer on top that we call the master nodes and the master nodes, all of those kind of uh, shareholders, uh, you know, of the network, if you will. And they are also providing services uh, to the network. They're the ones that do that instant send uh, transaction processing, uh, for example. um to be a master node, you have to prove ownership of 1,000 dash. Uh, you don't need to uh, stake that anywhere. Um, just the proof that you have that ownership, proof that you have skin in the game, uh, then you're allowed to spin – well, then you're once you spin up a node, that node has been recognized as a master node. Um, so as that shareholder of the network, what, how does that act as a governance uh, uh, process or feature? We have uh, a monthly uh treasury, uh, a monthly funding model. We we never went through an ICO. Uh we never took um you know uh say specific investor or VC or PE money. Uh rather instead we, we are a self-funding uh network. And the way it works is the transaction fees or sorry, uh, are split 50-50 uh with the, the miners and the masternodes. Um The super block rewards, uh, the new coins that are generated, those are split 45 and 45 uh, between the master nodes and the miners. That leaves a 10% delta. That delta is then used for that treasury uh, system. And what happens is on a monthly basis, literally anyone, uh, it does cost five dash to, to help eliminate spam, but literally anyone uh, can post a proposal uh, up to the network for a vote uh, to receive part of uh, that funding uh, on a monthly basis, um, and that proposal can be anything from say marketing, some business dev work, uh, integrations. Um, you know, basically, you name it. And there's been some sort of creative, uh, uh, you know, solution, you know, offered to the network. Um, the masternode owners being the voters of that. Are then the one governing the that direction of the network. Now, I work for Dash Core Group. Technically, you can really view me as a, as a vendor of the network itself, um, though we clearly hope not. In theory, the master node owners could fire the management team, Dash Core Group, from the project and hire someone else. Um, that is entirely possible. So that type of governance means that there's always this vested interest. Uh, you know, parties with this skin in the game um, to really drive the network forward. Um, That means a lot when it comes to real-world adoption and partnering uh, with really legacy companies, uh, legacy payment uh, companies. Um, Here's an example. Uh, Last year, Bitcoin went through a lot of internal debate around scalability issues. Um, The short summary is that that debate was not settled and ultimately, one group went created, you know, did a hard fork that became BCH. They went to Megabyte. Everybody else stayed Bitcoin. They found a different solution with Lightning Network. And there's still even arguments back and forth. But the point is, is, uh, is very disruptive. Um, and it took a long time to even kind of get that dust to start being settled. Uh, Dash, on the other hand, we voted and went to two megabyte block size in the 24 hour vote. Um, that type of of able ability to to pivot and and push the network forward being proactive not having to rely on a network of of volunteers and donations of of time and money um huge, uh, it's a huge advantage
1: well, i can imagine i mean that that sounds like something that that needs to exist in most of the systems that are coming through besides that it should be something that most people should most companies should be adapting to um, because it solves a lot of issues.
0: Absolutely right. Um and and yeah, that that governance ensures, you know, that uh, you know the best the best interests of the of the network is always uh, you know being addressed. Um we've got forty eight hundred or almost forty nine hundred uh masternodes. So, you know, at today's prices, is a single masternode uh you know will cost you I mean uh, not an insignificant amount of money. I mean, we're we're looking at you know a quarter of a million dollars uh to, to run a masternode. Uh, right now today. Um, so uh, to, to for any one person to, in theory, get a, a super majority of the, the masternodes out there would require a significant investment, uh, which is where that other part of the security comes into play. That, you know, the type of investment, you know, you're looking at billions of dollars to be able to uh, to, to own 51 or more percent of masternodes means you would then have so much skin in the game you would actually never take a, a negative uh, action uh, against the network. Uh, the cost would outweigh the benefit.
1: And when you have this this decentralized governance system, you know people are they feel like they're more in it. You know it becomes more of a priority for True. them, not just because they're not just voting with their you know with their money. It's it's something they're thinking about and they're trying to change and they're putting in proposals and you know you get a lot more involvement and that's going to create such a more positive interactive. Utility.
0: Hundred percent agree, and 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 you hit the nail on the head. It's that involvement, that participation, um, that that ends up being critical. It's it's not a, um, yeah, it's not passive, I I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, And and a great example of that is what's happening uh, with Dash in Venezuela. Um, The the short summary is that Venezuela is now number two market for Dash if you look at website visits. Um, and it's really where a lot of mass adoption is really kind of first starting uh, on many levels. And um, this has all been from that type of uh, community-driven projects, uh, projects that have been voted and funded uh, by the Masternode uh, community as well. So, uh, you know, to your point around that kind of governance and engagement and involvement, uh, that's a live example right there.
1: To your knowledge, or any other... Cryptocurrencies doing this.
0: Um, I think there's, yeah, there's definitely a few coins out there that are are definitely interested. I would say in maybe call it by and large, you know, say distressed markets. And Venezuela is probably, unfortunately, for those living there, is, is probably what we would look at it as is almost a textbook example of, you know, where crazy inflation creates. Um, uh, well, let's just put it, yeah massive and severe challenges to the people in the economy. So I know that there are quite a few coins uh, that that are looking at that space as well. Um, We're really focused on, yeah, building that ecosystem um, to ultimately, I guess, if you look at it at a a high level, we want people to be able to to acquire, to store, and then spend uh, their dash. Um, And and you really need to build up uh, kind of all three of those pillars, and, and, and that's what we're focused on.
1: And you know that's moving into you know the future. Where do you see Dash going in the next three years? And are there anything, any things up your sleeve that you'd like to share?
0: You know, it's uh, the the industry is crazy in, in so far that you know, every you know six months uh, in in crypto industry feels like uh, it's seven years worth of change. You know, in the in kind of the real world, as it were. Um, I, It's hard to say. I I think over the next three years, what we'll see is a a couple of different things kind of start to solidify. I I think what we'll see is regulations being probably one of the earlier uh, items that really start to take shape. Uh, We've seen this already. I think we're going to see this accelerate. Uh, And I think really the end of 2018, early 2019 is where uh, that that shape is really going to start to take effect. Um, that uh, one element. Um, the second element, I, I think, you know, particularly over a time frame of say three years, we're also going to see a consolidation in the market. Um, you know, I, I think again, using the analogy of the, the dot com boom, um, we're going to see a lot of projects start to to run out of funding, fail in some way, or just not gain any sort of adoption. Um, I'm I or possibly even mergers or acquisitions, something that, you know, hasn't even uh, really been discussed at, uh, to my knowledge, at too much length. But, you know, I could see movements, again, on that type of a timeframe uh, in that space. And the, the industry will, will start to consolidate into kind of, I think, more uh, kind of key leaders, uh, if you will. Um, and that doesn't necessarily always mean first movers uh, either. It means, I think, to be fair, it's, it's going to be who executes the best. Uh, and, and again, Internet.com boom uh, provides us with plenty of examples. You know, Alta Vista was before Google, uh, Netscape was before you know Internet Explorer, uh, you know, and Friendster was before Facebook. But you know, we can all we all know who survived. So um, <laughs> that that again, I see you know really uh, history repeating itself. Uh, you know, in so many levels. Um, you know, and I think then that third piece is I think you are going to start to see. Uh, broader uh, more more wider uh, mass adoption. Um, I think it's going to though be patchy or sorry not patchy, it's going to vary uh, possibly quite significantly uh, by different geographical areas. And what I mean by that is uh, you know again looking at today, I think we will see certain distressed markets, uh, markets that experience high degrees of again, inflation corruption, A loss of economic freedom for the people uh, that live there. I see those markets as being really the incubators that are going to where where we're going to see this mass uh, adoption start to to evolve first. Um, And the reason why I think it'll happen more there, uh, or possibly quicker there uh, than say Western countries is um, in in a rich country today to spend your crypto, the volatility is a disincentive. Um, Nobody wants to be the 10,000 uh, 10, Bitcoin pizza guy anymore, right? So people mm-hmm. in rich countries don't want to spend. Um, but again, if you then put the lens of someone living in Venezuela on for a moment, then you see, well, wait a minute, my national fiat is actually more volatile uh, than crypto, and it only goes down. Um, so actually, there's an incentive to use crypto, uh, you know, kind of as everyday spend, Um you know, and, and things of that nature. So uh, that's the reason why I see those markets as again, being that kind of incubator where you're going to see these, you know, kind of processes, uh, these, these kind of implementations, um, this this type of economy kind of uh, be tested, uh, experimented on, and involved, uh, you know, in these type of markets. And then that's going to eventually uh, transpire and bubble uh, out through uh, the, the larger Western uh, economies as well.
1: I love it. I love that insight. Thank you so much for, for really giving us a deep knowledge of of what's happening right now. So where's the best way for people to get a piece of the DASH action?
0: You know, the best place is, you know, I think just our website, dash.org. Um, that's really the best uh, best way to really kind of get started, understand a little bit more of our project. Um, we will be going through some, some website branding, uh, you know, over the coming months as well. So uh, stay tuned for obviously updates on that. Um, but yeah, I think that's just really uh you know, a great place to start. Um and just again, uh educate yourself with uh, with everything about us.
1: Brad, thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and I am sold on Dash myself now. I love the government governance system and I hope you can join us again soon because this conversation is, is definitely not over.
0: No, excellent. Well, thank you so much. Julie really, really enjoyed chatting with you as well and certainly I look forward to uh returning.
1: That is Brad Zastrow. He is the Global Head of Business Development at Dash. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliet Lamar, the Future Tech Podcast.
0: You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse